2: the things I
3: Yes. Was that you? I don't know. Did you have I don't little, know. You had some feelings there? You got a little got a little feelings. Listen. You just sat down with your little acoustic guitar. You had to strum a little well, bit. Sing a little bit. You know. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh yeah, that's right. In addition to this episode's song, uh you are all welcome because I persuaded Jenny Owen Young's to cover Michelle Branch's goodbye to you. uh, If you're one of our patrons. (laughs) Observe the twin (laughs) ski
0: tracks of my heels being dragged (laughs) through the dirt all the way up
3: to the horizon. I know what the people want and I am here for the people. I'm here for the people, Jenny. Uh, Okay. All of you who are our patrons, you received uh, what I consider to be a gift, the full version of Jenny singing the cover of Goodbye to You in downloadable MP3 format. A Mm. reminder to our Black and Indigenous listenership, you receive all the digital perks for free. You can learn more about that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash fighting. You can become a patron at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon. Please join us. Let us all sob our hearts out even more. We do it because we love you. Other things happening in the land of Patreon... Book Club. We just finished Cemetery Boys. Such an awesome book. We are now journeying into Lee Bardugo's ninth house. Jenny's going to be doing a buffering concert this April. We've got bonus music from Once More with Feeling, behind-the-scenes content, uh, and as (laughs) just mentioned, of course, Jenny singing Michelle Branch. Um, We're going to keep this intro pretty short today because you have been so patient with us as we have journeyed through these past few uh, massive Buffy episodes. So, uh, Jenny... Why don't you tell them about today's segment and then we'll just scoot scoot right on over into yes, the episode. Yes, love
0: to scoot.
3: We just want to <laughs> let you know that
0: inside this episode, in addition to, of course, us scream-singing Michelle Branch many times, <laughs> there is a segment. That segment is with Natalie Muskin Press, a licensed clinical addictions counselor currently working in charge of drug and alcohol education and prevention at a Midwestern university. Uh, Natalie's also a massive Buffy fan. In this segment, Kristen and Natalie talk a bit more in depth about Willow's arc with her misuse of magic and violation of Tara's boundaries. Timestamps for the segment are in the show notes today, just in case you want to avoid that conversation. And we are working on a full episode with Natalie to discuss Willow's arc in season six, which you'll see here in the coming months.
3: Yes, this segment, uh, this episode is, of course, spoiler free. The conversation with Natalie that we'll be having more in depth will not be spoiler free. So you're safe uh, from spoilers here. And we'll warn you in that larger episode once more that that will not be a spoiler safe conversation. Um, you know I what I think, Kristen? What do you think, Jenny? You know what I think it's time to say? Goodbye to, <laughs> back back to, to the intro. Goodbye to the intro to the episode. If you like that, you'll get more of it uh, in the episode. So, bye. Hello.
0: (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, in freaking tandem with Angel on top. I am the...
3: Ghost of Christmas Past, Jenny O. <laughs> and I am Kristen Russo. I actually just opened my mouth and some moths flew out. Uh, it's been a nice. minute since we've taped just a regular episode of this podcast. And this week, I don't even know if you can call it regular because we are talking about Season 6, Episode 8, Tabula Rasa. You should stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Tabula Rasa was written by Rebecca Rand
0: Kirschner, directed by David Grossman, and originally aired on November 13th, 2001, just nine days in advance of my 20th birthday. Only
3: nine mere days before That's you right. turn 20. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Big changes in the pod this week because I have decided that I am now taking my episodic descriptions from the TV guide description. Ooh, the date that they aired. I realized that I had access to that just today. It only took me wow. four and a half years of a podcast to realize this. But uh, yes, according to TV Guide from November of 2001, this is the one where, despite Tara's misgivings about her overindulgence in witchcraft... Willow tries to cheer Buffy up by making the Slayer forget the idyllic afterlife she left behind. Alas. Lord sp- God. <laughs> Sorry. Alas, the spell goes awry and affects the minds of all the Scoobies. Okay. And just for our younger listeners,
0: TV Guide, which stands for Television <laughs> Guide, was a small, <laughs> thick magazine. Wow. Uh, These are getting to sexy come out already over here. <laughs> That's right yeah (laughs) sexual attention award nomination number one me and tv guide it was a small (laughs) thick magazine that came out every week and just told you what was going to be on tv that's how we were getting our information but it
3: also had like interviews with like you know days of our lives stars and other television people probably i'm gonna guess that
0: uh Buffy stuff was on the cover of TV Guide at least once. Oh, I feel like sure. X-Files definitely was. There there was all all kinds of stuff going on, but the main point of the magazine was, yes.
3: "Hey, this is what's on TV this week." <laughs> the thickness, the thickness was attributed to the fact that they listed literally uh-huh. everything that was going to Could you imagine? I mean, there like it wouldn't even be possible now, like take streaming out of the out of the game entirely, it still wouldn't be possible to create a weekly book of everything that was on TV. Oh wow! I just found so many Buffy TV Guide covers. Okay, what a delight! <laughs> uh, y'all got to Google TV Guide Buffy cover. Yeah, you will be rewarded. Or follow us on social media at BufferingCast because I'm sure we'll do Sure, it. sure, sure. Uh, see a post of TV Guide uh, Buffy covers. All right. So, um, never, never could anything get me so excited, Jenny, as when they previously on includes. Kitten poker. Because I know shit's going to be good if the kittens are hitting in the previously on. Uh, Can I just say, kitten poker?
0: I hardly kitten know her.
3: (laughs) Wow! if your new listener found us because of our musical podcast, this is what it's like in here usually.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Um, Don't be sorry. Let me tell you something Mm. about this episode, Mm. about the very first thing that we see. Buffy is not only patrolling in head-to-toe cream terrible cream terrible. on cream cream on cream it also looks like it might be dry clean only like she's asking for i thought that uh buffy was strapped for cash but she apparently <laughs> when it comes to patrolling in highly stainable fabrics
3: <laughs> uh money is no object uh, i wrote She'll it down no but expense. i knew i knew that i wouldn't have to say it because i i knew that she would be all over that obviously this choice is made to contrast very deeply Spike and Buffy because Buffy is in white almost the entire episode. I'm going to jump mm. ahead. And say that later she's wearing a white shirt. I don't know if we can call it a shirt. It is, I called it a tutu in my notes. Um, it is sort of like a white corset that has some tulle. Is that how you say that, Fabric? At the bottom, just sort of flaring out underneath her leather coat. A um, lot of lot of white in this episode for Buffy. Did you which say tulle? Tulle? <laughs> T- I think it's tulle. Listen, I'm no I professional. Just,
0: hey, we're just two. Just two girls, podcasters. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> if you know how to pronounce Tull, tull tool," tool, you're right. It's tool. Uh, let, uh, let us, us know.
3: Listen, I used to call uh, Zines Zines, so you can't trust me. You really did. I really did. Uh, like Oof. literally, still was doing that when I met Jenny. So that's how that's how it is to know mm-hmm. me. Anyway, Spike uh, appears uh, as as you would imagine he would in this place of graves, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, remember." remember how the last episode ended uh excuse me (laughs) did you did you see how the last episode ended there was a song it's called the coda and we uh we kissed Uh there was
0: rising music Mm. and rising tide embrace
3: I have never seen Gone with the Wind. I'm going to admit that here in this space. I don't think that's something you have to admit. I think that is wave a flag about it. You know what I mean? Really? I should be proud. It just seems like like a canonically classic movie that I don't know.
2: Mm, I don't know, Kristen.
3: Okay, well, I won't watch it then. Uh, don't do it I'm pissed off at Spike uh not the first time not the last Uh, you know I mean Spike is like problematic fave we get it he he does some shitty things but this line that he says to Buffy when she's like uh no this isn't like we're not we're not talking about it we're not discussing it it was a fucking thing that happened and like whatever he says don't get prim and proper with me I know what kind of girl you really are that's Fucking, that is some creepy fucking Sir. shit. And I don't know that we no. have ever played the patriarchy jingle for Spike before, but I'm going to come in hot here. I thought fucking Lone Shark was going to get it, but you know what? I'm giving it mm. to Spike. The
2: patriarchy
0: Uh, Buffy, understandably, vows that she will never touch Spike again <laughs> after he says that. Uh, right before she touches Spike again, <laughs> <laughs> to save the Because his life. there is a <laughs> there is a literal loan shark from New Jersey, I think, definitely from New uh, Jersey, and he is owed forty Siamese kittens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this loan shark. Has to be amongst the Buffyverse favorites for for villains, right? I mean, this guy is—he's right out of the Sopranos. He calls Spike Mister Spike, which is uh, mm-hmm, like there's there's mm-hmm. a few things that just give such shape and flavor to this beautiful. Uh, Lone Shark Mobster, um, Mr. Spike, he also pulls the stake out of the tree at one point. And just like the way he does it, you understand that it's a reference to every like Italian mafia movie you've ever seen. Um, And he also uh, straightens his tie as he says, we're ah. going to have to talk to him. <laughs> <It's> just a, <laughs> he's just a walking caricature yeah. of uh, uh yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious in my Italian opinion. Um you've got one Italian and one New Jerseyan on this podcast, so that's between right. the two of us, <laughs> we make a shark.
0: We like the shark. Uh, he makes the great point that time is
3: what turns kittens into cats. There's simply no arguing. You can't. It's honestly one of my favorite lines I've heard so far in this rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Time is what turns kittens into cats. Poetry. Uh, he also, mm-hmm. Jenny, this loan Shark is not only uh, g- telling the truth about that. He also suggests to Buffy, maybe she wants a fucking job freelancing for him to help him collect debts. To which I say... Perhaps that isn't the freelance job she wants, but maybe put that on the board. Maybe put that on the board.
0: Yeah, yeah. Put literally anything where you're actually using the skills, your your innate like yeah. supernatural right. skills. Right. I mean, use them. you know,
3: we all. Just in case you haven't heard us say this, we obviously believe that Buffy should be paid for being the fucking Slayer. Shouldn't need to freelance, yeah. but. You know, she, she just went through this whole, maybe I could be a construction worker. Maybe I could, ha- no, use the use the power. Use the power. Make some money. Okay. Anyway, she saves Spike's life and says, self-awarely,
4: If I would just stop saving his life, it would simple things up so much.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the thing we've said many times. Why is he alive? <laughs> maybe she's because listening to fun. our podcast yeah (laughs) so next we go to the scoobies speculating about where buffy was while Mm. she was
3: Mm. not alive
0: right uh and this is a complex issue this is like a difficult thing to parse points are made feelings are revealed you know willow is lamenting that she was so selfish uh xander's like I feel weird, feeling bad that my friend's not dead. Right, Tara's like, we need to stop <laughs> focusing on, we need to stop centering ourselves. Yeah, Tara, uh, voice in of this reason. narrative, and and try to figure out how we can help make things better for Buffy. And then
3: Willow knows a spell. Yeah, Ooh. um, I just want to like underline how aware Tara is. Uh, she's been, she's already been head of the curve, recognizing that Willow is struggling in a way that requires attention. Um, She, Mm -hmm. you know, we know that Tara has gone through loss and trauma in many ways over the course Mm -hmm. of many seasons um, and before we even met her on the show. And so, you know, she has an awareness that is very important. Willow, I just, before she... derails this train i want to say like i did think it was a good moment that willow had she sort of says like we wrecked it xander says we didn't know willow says we didn't want to know then she says we were selfish but then she pauses and she says i was selfish Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. you want you're gonna hear um i have a conversation with natalie later in the episode where we're gonna really dig into some of the dynamics in this scene but I do just Mm -hmm. want to say that, like, this is the moment. This is where you want to focus the conversation on. Willow is having a moment of realizing some of her real feelings that are haunting her, that are, like, really upsetting her that she's struggling with. So that's what you want to talk about. That's what you want to talk about. And then follow Tara's lead. You also want to talk about your friend who has been super traumatized since she's been back uh, and how to help her. I don't think that Sandra's idea of having weekly dinners and book clubs is bad. I think it's actually... No, that's a great idea. I know, right? I was like, that's, that's what she needs. She needs community. She needs to be able to talk. She needs a space to, you know... Fu- I mean, she needs a lot of things. She also needs, like, a therapist and, uh, you know, uh, whatever. But can I just jump back for one second to the beginning of this scene? Yeah. Because I cannot believe the nerve that Anya has uh, sitting in front of two queer women and hating on Birkenstocks. <laughs> okay? I just... <laughs> <laughs> She's imagining Buffy in heaven walking around on clouds. She's like no hate to the harp. Everybody loves a harp, but Birkenstocks? Those sandals are clunky and I'm like, "Um, read the room, Anya." <laughs> read the room and also, hey, they're not just for us. There well, for
0: anybody who wants a, a comfortable sandal that will mold to your foot and give you the support you
3: need. Well, yes. Looking back from 2021, we know that now everyone likes a Birkenstock, but Hell yeah. in 2001, uh, yeah, queer women true. were really ahead of the curve with that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Willow's terrifying proposal is, I know a spell that will make her forget she was ever in heaven. Willow, what are you doing? doing she thinks that's how you fix it to make it go she away that's how you fix it it's not how you fix tara it. responds strongly and xander and anya are like whoa look at the time <laughs> hear that distant telephone ring we must run for the-, the hills farewell xander's like it's
3: so high-pitched couldn't pick it up by the normal human ear <laughs> yeah gotta yeah, go yeah so the two of them uh, tara and willow get into a bit of a conversation here it's really one more one-sided I think Tara is delivering a lot of very important wisdom to Willow and Willow is just trying to backpedal out of this she's really trying you're gonna hear Natalie and I talk about this um in the segment but like Tara says if you don't want to fight right because she she has uncovered now she knows what Willow did this is the moment of reckoning um we didn't know until Tara says it if she knew or if if like Willow knew that Tara knew she finds out. She says, you violated my mind. Tara's like, I didn't mean to. And then Tara says, if you don't want to fight, you don't fight. You don't use magic to make a fight disappear. And she also says, you don't get to decide what's better for us. That's not you. You don't have the autonomy to be able Oof. to decide for me what is better for me. Oof. Fixing things to your liking, including me, she says. Oof. And she, you know, she says, I don't think this is gonna work. Um, and that and you know what's what's really troublesome too is that Willow is not engaging in this conversation except for like sort of explaining her intentions until the threat of losing Tara is on the table. And then, and then it's bargaining mode. Yeah, right. And then she's bargaining and she's saying, I won't use magic for a month. Tara says go a week. Um, I don't know that Tara even means that, to be honest with you. I think, it's, I think Tara is not ready to have the conversation right now. I think Tara is just not ready to pack her boxes right this minute. Um, and so this is just like, you know what? Do this thing because I need a fucking minute anyway. So like better for all of us if you're not using magic for a week. Great. But I think no matter what happened, honestly, in this episode, I think that they would be breaking up.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tara says go a week, then she says go a week and we'll see, you know, like she's creating that space for herself, but also as soon as she says, then we'll see, Willow's face is changing, Yeah, you know, is different, Yeah, is like, oh, I can't just, I can't just make this okay, I don't have the safety net I thought I would have
3: by making this offering, yeah. This is a very heavy moment. Uh, This show is just getting better and better at giving us just like many punches to the face and then, like, making us laugh and then being like, tricked ya! <laughs> I'm gonna fucking <laughs> knock you down again. Um, yeah. Jenny and I would be, I think, going a bit deeper into this, but we're gonna leave the space for the conversation we had with Natalie uh, later in the episode because there's so much to unpack here and, and outside of this episode, too, and we're gonna be doing that this uh, season, especially over the course of the next few episodes. So... This ends with uh, the classic transition of Willow saying, are you saying you're going to leave me? And it cutting to the training room where Giles says to Buffy, I have to. No. <laughs> Bad. Bad Giles. Yo, Buffy coming out strong with some fucking points here. Trying to, <laughs> what, leave me all alone when I really need somebody? You can still be here, and I can still be strong, she says. Uh, And, like, I... You know, we talked about this and once more with feeling and I, and we've talked about it a lot. I've just rage screamed on the Internet a lot about it recently. But it's just I think that like Giles is making a decision here because and he kind of almost admits to it. It's that he knows that if he stays, he won't be strong enough to do what needs to be done so that he can be there for her like that, that the weakness is him. It's not her because she's right. He can stay in Sunnydale. And support her when she needs and deserves support. And tell her no if she needs to be the one to talk to Don. Like, he just needs to be able to say no. And he's basically like, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. So I have to literally physically leave you.
0: Yeah. I can't be an adult. So I'm going to abandon you. Yeah. Boo! Of course, we know uh, Anthony Stewart Head wanted to be spending more time with his family. Sure.
3: Right? So... But there are a lot of ways that you could get Giles to London without it needing to right. be rooted in this storyline. And I was I was trying to talk about that on the ah, oh, my good friend, my
0: special friend Olivia is like Olivia uh, starring yes. in a
3: production yes. of Hamlet, and I must go. And if you need me, I will come back. And if you, you know what I mean, just like anything, just like please, this is everybody just...
0: stop stomping Buffy into the ground, please.
3: <sighs> Buffy ends the scene by clearly stating the truth which is you're wrong um she's heartbroken she's she's crestfallen and and uh, we all are well I don't want to speak for everybody but I think um a lot of us are
0: also he says I've taught you all I can about being the slayer and your mother taught you what you need to know about (laughs) life it's like did she get the chance to teach
3: that's not how it works imagine like when you turned 20 your parents were just like bye farewell (laughs) Pushing you out of the nest. I'm uh, going and out of our to lives. a different country now. Don't talk to me. Uh, my job here is yeah. done. I mean, I think that's what like bears might do, but like you know, <laughs> no offense to bears. I'm, you know, that's no offense to bears. Official podcast motto:
0: No offense. No to offense
3: bears. to bears. <laughs> we
0: wish not to offend them. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, so Tara and Dawn and Willow are all meant to be going to the magic shop for some kind of. Debriefing, and uh Tara and Don are ready, but Willow is in a towel. So they leave, and then Willow does the classic spell of <laughs> turn my towel into an oddly shaped shirt thing with slit sleeves and a confusing
3: hem. Yeah, it's you know called that the, spell. It's called I'm limited to doing that's it. the name of the spell. It's the yeah, it's yeah, 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 the... yeah, yeah. You say limited to, limited to, limited to, and then you boom. While you're
0: staring in the mirror and <laughs> poof. <laughs> slit sleeves for days (laughs) uh and then she oh no does another spell and it's the memory spell and oh no and if you were covertly trying to do a spell wouldn't you not leave the bag of spell herbs next to the open fireplace yeah
3: I mean I don't like a lot of things about this uh also she just like lets the crystal stay aflame by itself in the house it's dangerous um but yes, I agree. Wait, the crystal, she tucks into a weird unseen kangaroo oh, pouch right, in her right. slit, she Sleeve
0: Limited T-shirt, but the she bramble. leaves the, the herbs burning. Yeah. yeah,
3: That's, that's dangerous. That's a fire hazard. Uh, this so is exactly how these things happen, <laughs> Willow. Precisely. Uh, Jenny, you mentioned in Once More with Feeling that you don't like when the title of an episode is in the episode. And I thought, how funny. So We don't often get that. But now we're two for two here. We got Once More with Feeling and Once More with Feeling. And we get Tabula Rasa in Tabula Rasa. How do you feel about it here? This one is fine. I don't know why. Uh, I like it. Can I do you know about do you know what tabula rasa means and like any of its history? It's uh, like blank slate, right? Yeah. (laughs) In in my case, haunted,
0: haunted, haunted, blank
3: slate. Yeah, it's um, what is its history? Oh, well, first of all, the the um, sort of is it etymology? It's etymology when it's a word and entomology when it's a bug, right? Uh huh. Okay, so like the etymology of tabula rasa, um, is translated as clean slate, but it's actually more correctly translated uh, as erased slate, um, because. Ooh. Yeah, because so a slate, obviously, I think a lot of people know, like, you know, when slates were used to be written on, you could erase them. But also, um, tablets that were written on with like on wax, like wax tablets were also used as places to like write down things. You would remelt the wax and smooth it so that you could write on it again. Whoa. Pretty sexy, right? So... no just me okay well i'd <laughs> I think go on <laughs> hey like what you like i'm not I gonna yuck like you yum Remelting a wax slate to yeah so um that is the definition of tabula rasa in in terms of the word itself it's like roots where it, where the root of the word comes from but it is the mm-hmm, theory mm-hmm. jenny that people are born without built-in like mental content so, therefore, right. Right, all their knowledge comes from experience or perception. People who maybe believe in a theory like this would say nurture over nature. Um, right, that right, we right. Learn. We learn how to be um, social beings. We learn how to this. We, You know, we're learning it. When we're born, we are just like empty little vessels. Mm. Um, a lot of that's been, I mean, you know, it's scientifically, I know it's just not true. They've done studies. I mean. In a million ways, because because it, it, if you're just saying somebody is a blank slate, that um it just can't be true. They've studied twins in the womb, um so twins are obviously not outside of the womb; they're inside of the womb, and they are social with each other inside of a womb. You can you, like ask twins, they're bro- like waza, they're like hey, what are you doing? Floating? Nice. What are you doing? I'm floating too. Um and and like that that at that and they're least, like this amniotic sac is dank. <laughs> That at least tells us that, you know, being social is innate to us, right? Like that we do interact with other human beings, et cetera. But, you know, we could do an entire podcast on the theory of tabula rasa and like all of the uh, fucking philosophers over time who have argued about this. There's probably some fucked up shit in here if we just unpacked it. But we have a whole episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to discuss. So now you know what it means, where it came from. And I would just like to say one more thing about this scene before we leave it, Jenny, which is, do you right. think that that picture of Buffy on the mantle is from when she was dead, but nobody thought to take it down? <laughs> Ooh, yes. It's like an in memoriam
0: Buffy picture. Yeah, on the- it has strong the huge picture next to your casket
3: before it goes in the <laughs> ground vibes. All right, let's go to the magic box and talk about some oogly booglies. Giles is about
0: to tell everybody about the oogly boogly of him leaving town when Tweed Spike runs in smoking in an ear flap hat. (laughs) He's
3: traded his little blanket Uh, for an ear flap hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anya, when he walks in smoking, says, holy moly, which kills me. Um, And he's like, you need to give me asylum. This fucking shark is after me. (laughs) Toothy guy. Baby seal breath. Great writing. Great writing in this episode. Eh, 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 eh.
0: Meanwhile, while this is going on, the crystal in Willow's shirt cloud tar pit turns black. (laughs) Uh, Willow's shirt is the void drawing us inward. And so that happens, indicating that, woo, the spell is about to fucking... The beat is about to drop and the beat is the spell. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Buffy is like, y'all, please,
3: you have to just stop. I need respite. Yeah. Everybody needs a fucking minute. Tara needs a minute. Buffy needs a minute. Giles says he's leaving right before Buffy has this moment. Like he does say it out loud, which I think is important. And sorry, but before we get to Buffy talking about her experience, Mm -hmm. Xander also does say to Giles you're leaving now yeah man correct um right Willow says uh, you know I'm so sorry to Buffy and Buffy is just I think Buffy is like experiencing a moment many of us have experienced of like nothing that you're doing is helping and I cannot possibly think of anything that you could do that would help so I just like need you to go away I'm gonna go away because Uh I can't I just can't. Um, and she says, if you understood how it felt, how it feels, it's like I'm dying. And then just before we get too sad, don't worry, poof, goes the crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody
0: passes out. The timing. Wow.
3: <laughs> Thank God.
0: Oh, uh, seemingly oh God. hours go
3: by. <laughs> Because yeah, they wake you know up what? and it's dark. I, I figured out, uh, because there there would be no reason for them to need to make the spell take so many hours to work, except for if Spike didn't know he was a vampire and this happened and they woke up during the day, he would immediately burst into flames. <laughs> so they had to do a little, do a little nighttime uh, shoot so that Spike could stay. So that Randy, I should say, could stay alive. Oh, yeah. So what do we
0: see? We see uh, Willow and Xander who are kind of like laying down together yeah they're uh, wake spin-y. up
3: mm-hmm.
0: and xander's like hey <laughs> and willow's like hey <laughs> uh spike rolls off the cash wrap and shrieks which is
3: great it's a great shriek Hello. yes followed by that lovely dawn squeal it's like a shriek a squeal uh giles oh. has uh sort of drifted off on anya's shoulder um and they're mm-hmm. like what the fuck once again they're just trying to figure out what the fuck uh inside of uh-huh, the magic uh-huh. bags. so uh, giles is like maybe it's a hangover or a blackout like maybe we drank a bunch anya's like i don't see any booze i don't see any head bumps and i don't see Helen funt you know who that is jenny I had to look him up. He's the creator and was the host of
0: Candid Camera from the '40s until the well, '80s. Anya Can you believe it?
3: What's interesting is how much did they forget, right? Like, how, like she remembers oh, that fun. Yeah. So, like, hmm. maybe for most of them it went back to the time of their birth, but for like Anya, although that would be complicated because Spike then would remember that he was a vampire and that his name was Spike. So who knows? Meta, Fedex, everybody. They're
0: putting things together they're putting together that they don't know who they are willow's like what what do you mean you don't know who i am why were you all like hey (laughs) and xander says i thought you were a girl and i'd remember which is
3: (laughs) xander xander is like i don't remember who i am what my name is but i remember that i'm a fucking xander it's like that's that's Uh that moment right there for him um unfortunately for everyone spike already took the patriarchy jingle
0: they put together that they're in a magic store, and Tara, what is her look, is so excited. <laughs> uh, Giles' magic is all balderdash and
3: chicanery. Beautiful. Right. I seem to be... And- <laughs> he follows it. I seem to be British. And a man, beat, with glasses. And I'm like, you know, you pretty <laughs> much nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's-, that's it. You got it, man. Don. Dawn-,
0: Dawn seems to be reduced to, like... I don't know, twelve, eleven, or twelve years old. She's acting way young, and I don't know if that's like a because she, because of the key business, <laughs> if that like impacts what happens right. when you what do it a, to wipe a, a mystical spell on her.
3: Yeah, when you wipe a mystical energy ball of its memories, that it does seem like Dawn would have retained all of her memories, doesn't it?
0: Right. That's interesting, or at least not be acting like, like I feel like she's tougher than
3: this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. We'd really like to have a sit-down meeting with the monks uh, to discuss uh, the, the workings of this spell with Don the Mystical Energy Bob. Spike makes this comment um, about <laughs> Giles being British, uh, a little homophobia in there, a little Nancy boy comment. Then he realizes, hearing his own voice, that he is also British.
1: Bloody hell. Sodding, blimey, shagging, Nickers! bollocks. Oh, God. I'm English.
0: Welcome to the Nancy tribe.
1: You don't suppose it's you and I we're not related, are we?
3: Anya fucking just jumping in here to let us know that perhaps they are related because there is a ruggedly, a ruggedly handsome, handsome resemblance. Resemblance. Nice. Nice. <laughs>
0: Giles, Giles then goes on to say, I do when I look at you, I have this feeling of like familiarity
3: and disappointment. <laughs> this episode from from this point uh forward for the next like 20 minutes or so it's literally just gonna be jenny and i saying the lines because they're all just so fucking yeah it's really tight it it just really is it's it's just so well written it's so hilarious uh spike decides that (laughs) giles is his dad and that anya therefore is a tart (laughs) i mean a tardy
0: stepmom tardy stepmom he also (laughs) i love how spike is like Oh, how I must hate you. And Giles is like, what did I do? And Gile- and Spike
3: says, there's always something. <laughs> Anya's like, oh, wait, don't worry. Everything's cool. We're engaged. Uh, look at my ring. It must be it must mean that you and I are going to get married. I don't understand how her engagement ring would signal that they're engaged and not already. I guess you would have the wedding ring also. Yeah. Is that how straight people get married? Okay.
0: Yes. And then, what, and an engagement ring, it somehow legitimizes, like, you're allowed to be in a relationship because you're engaged. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
3: what is happening there? Who knows? But it all all tumbles us into a place where they, you know, Giles is like, I'm not that old. I still get carded. Um, I I don't know about Mm, that, sir. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that. But, it reminds them they have licenses, so they check their pockets, uh, and we get a little name rundown. Alex, nice. Willow, uh, she says, "Oh, that's a funny name." And Tara, Tara, who is just at her horniest this episode. It, it, yeah, it, it, Tara has no chill. Tara just like once Tara lost her fucking memory, she was like. I would just like to fuck. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. yeah. All over Willow the entire episode in a way that I don't think we've ever seen Tara be all over Willow before. Um, Tara thinks it's a pretty name. They realize they go to school together and contemplate. Hmm, perhaps we're maybe
0: we're study buddies. You know, when we're, when descriptor words rhyme with each other, it Gal, has a certain flavor, doesn't pal, it? Gal pal. Study
3: buddy. Study buddy. Hmm. Got any others? Not right now. <laughs>
0: Tweeted us with your rhyming uh lesbian girlfriend euphemisms.
3: <laughs> um Dawn luckily wears a nameplate, so we get that her name is Dawn or Umad. Rupert. Oh, this is a good moment for me, everyone, because uh Giles finds his license, of course, says his name is Rupert Giles. Spike bursts out, giggling, first of all. Second (laughs) of all, Giles says to Spike, you're not too old to put across my knee. Yes! Uh, Jenny looks horrified. I am into it. (laughs) uh, Okay. Luckily, this podcast is 50-50, so that will be in the Sexual Attention Awards uh, coming right around the bend. Uh Uh-huh. I'm sorry, uh-huh. but you go back and you watch fucking Spike's face in that moment. Uh, there is, just imagine that it's Spike and Giles. It's, yeah. Okay. All right. Wow.
0: So Spike doesn't have a wallet, but he does look on the interior of his clearly Salvation Army sourced <laughs> uh, tweet suit. And it says, made for care or made with love for Randy. Made and he with looks care, at Giles. Yes. and says randy giles <laughs> thanks for nothing dad
3: i'm sure it was a family name he says so <laughs> xander well i'll use their actual names here now in this episode alex and willow think they might be a couple because they woke up together um anya does not know how to pronounce her own name she refers to herself as anya And yeah, and Rupert discover they own the magic shop together. Very progressive of me, says Rupert. <laughs> and I think in a in a moment that is very um, you know, like a point, a beat in the in the episode, if you will, Buffy is the only one in the crew who has to name herself. Everybody else uh-huh. finds a name for themselves, finds an identity for themselves, even if they don't know who they are. Buffy is the only one who has to name herself and she chooses Joan. I feel like
0: a Joan. Name a more auspicious name for a lady <laughs> chosen one. Her her name selection leads to her and Don having a little spar, and then they're like, We must be sisters, and then they hug. <laughs> sisters, the other um Oh yeah, sisters, roommates, gal pals, study buddies. <laughs> Um, you
3: never showed me affection like that, I'd wager. Says <laughs> yeah. Randy. Uh, and then he also says, Dad, they decide they're gonna leave. They're gonna take themselves to the hospital, which I would love to see that uh-huh. as well. Hi, we all lost yeah. our memories. Um Help. Spike says, Dad can drive. He probably drives a red, shiny car shaped like a penis. I mean, the hits keep coming and they don't stop coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oh no, they open the door and
0: they are greeted by some vampires. Classic shot he here. Straight of everybody. for the magic bar. Yeah, screaming, slamming the door. They all like hit the deck
3: and Spike is like, oh, vampires! <laughs> Willow is the first one with a plan lock and barricade the doors. Uh, Instinctually, Rupert proposes that they fight these monsters with magic tricks. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Nice. And they hear the vamps outside asking for spike. And so they assume that that means spikes. And they luckily gather a bunch of uh, stakes. And then we get my favorite line in the episode, perhaps in the series. Anya. Basically, Joan is fucking. Joan is fucking freaking out. Okay, she's freaking out about the vampires. She doesn't know what the hell's going on, and and Anya, Anya, so calmly says, "Blood suckers that kill by sucking blood. Take it easy, Joan. (laughs) Take it easy, Joan. Take it easy, Joan. I die. I cackle. I lose my mind every time. It's It's good." So good. It's like, it's an amazing line. And fucking Emma Caulfield on the motherfucking delivery of that line. Woo! I would stand up, but I'd be too far away from the microphone. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the vamps subsequently bust in. They do. They grab Spike and they're like, give us what you owe us. And he's like, <laughs> take your spikes and tosses a bunch of stakes <laughs> on the ground. Um, And there's some tussling and Buffy stakes a vampire and she's like, I think I know why Joan's the boss. I'm
3: like a superhero or something. <laughs> she says she also says, Hey, stay away from Randy <laughs> Right before she slays the vampire. Why does it work so well? It's so funny. It's just so funny. And like they you can tell that they, they like Maybe they knew, maybe they had all these lines written before. Maybe they already had the lines written, but it's also I think possible that once they realized how fucking hilarious it is for Sarah Michelle Gellar to call uh James Marsters Randy and for him to call her Joan, they like added a few more in because then Yeah, I'll say
0: there's like a it, there seems to be an abnormal amount of ADR in this episode. And I don't know if that is due to post-shoot rewrites interesting or like punch-ups huh because man this episode is is really funny like really densely funny so i i wonder if they really just like once they cut it all together they were like you know what the beginning and end of this episode are devastating. So we really need to (laughs) juice up the middle and make it as funny as possible. Yeah, because it's
3: really, I mean, just like the stay away from Randy before she slays the vamp is hilarious. And then they decide, oh, I have a whole theory actually about um, Buffy realizing that she's a vampire slayer, superhero, whatever. So I'll I'll take that moment in a moment. But before uh, Randy and Joan go out, because they decide they're maybe the strongest they should go, We get this again. Ready, Randy? Ready, Joan. And it's just so funny. It's so funny.
1: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Can I, can I tell you something that I thought about today while I was watching the episode? Please. So when... Buffy realizes that she is some kind of superhero. Um mm-hmm. she she gives us Sarah Michelle Gellar giving us an amazing line delivery on I don't know, but it was cool. <laughs> just brilliant. Um I I thought to myself, "Oh man, like she just Without memory of what it feels like to slay a vampire, she just slayed a vampire for the first time. And I remember another vampire slayer telling me that after you slay a vampire, you feel horny and hungry. So I wondered to myself, this is in real time as the episode is playing in front of my eyeballs. I'm thinking, I wonder if she's feeling horny and hungry right now. And then she literally looks at like Spike or somebody and she's like, I feel wicked strong. And I was like, Scott! What just happened? So my theory what? is that she slayed the vampire. She felt horny and hungry. That brought up some memory in her that gave her just one Bostonian word that popped right out of uh-huh. her mouth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's a good theory, right? I love that. So I started Reddit. It's a very thread. good thing. I've never used Reddit yes. in my life. I don't understand it, but
0: <laughs> it's exactly for this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So some plans are hatched. They decide. Buffy and Spike are going to go confront the vampires. Anya's going to stay and protect the cash register.
3: That's, I guess, innate. Innate, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Blowing and, into the Tabula um, Rasa theory right out of the water. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as Randy and Joan are about to leave, <laughs> Rupert says, "Uh, son. And then they <laughs> embrace. He just wants to make up for all the damage he's done in the fake life they've created for himself. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. It's very nice. It is. Look, if that's the last time he's going to see his son, uh, Randy. It is. It you know, it's very sweet. i leave it on a good note. Okay, Kristen. Mm hmm. Question for you. Yes. You are traveling through a sewer mm-hmm. with no memory mm-hmm. and some people that you don't really know. Yep uh and vampires are hunting you yeah do you move quickly and quietly or do you sing the ants go
3: marching one by one definitely like option dipshit. b definitely option b i love the song love it used to be a camp counselor myself <laughs> uh it's it's a great way to bring like team unity you know what i mean get everybody feeling like they're ready for the fight <laughs> yeah hey dawn is still innately fucking dawn you know must be another tuesday um before dawn starts singing the ants go marching one by one hurrah hurrah um Mm -hmm. we also see that um Joan has realized Randy is a vampire. (laughs) Randy believes himself to be a superhero, too. Hey, I'm a superhero, too. Joan, where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Giles is, everybody's discovering things. Uh, Oh, yeah. Giles has discovered that he has a one-way plane ticket. A lot of extrapolation here. I mean, maybe he was just going to get his return ticket when he got there. Like, what? Yeah, take it easy, Rupert. Yeah. But he decides that uh, this means he's leaving his fiance, Anya. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, we're getting a lot of intuition. A lot of intuition She's happening in the Excuse me. Anya's
0: <laughs> intuition uh, helps her select a magic book, which is apparently just solely a spell book for how to summon bunnies and then more of them.
3: So oh she is God. putting
0: herself in a bad position.
3: My intuition tells me this is the book, she says, and then follows it up wow, again. Amazing moment. My intuition, because because Rupert is like, how do you know I'm not the magic one? She's like, my intuition tells me you are more of the paperwork type. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So as you know, we are feuding with the hosts of Angel on Top, Morgan Ludich. We? And Latoya. I'm not feuding. Jenny refuses to participate in our feud. She doesn't like to feud. I love everyone. She doesn't like fun or feuds. Um, I don't like conflict. Well, I think that the feud has become incredibly official since it is now canonized in the show itself. We get Spike slash Randy And Buffy slash Joan essentially tearing Angel and his entire livelihood to shameful shreds in this next scene. Um, Let's just play a sound clip here of what Randy uh, thinks. Uh, You know, he's he's realized he's a vampire, but he's like, I don't want to bite you. Uh, So what's what's going on here?
1: I must be a noble vampire. A good guy on a mission of redemption. I help the hopeless. I'm a vampire with a soul.
4: A vampire with a soul?
0: Buffy is disgusted. She is Excuse like, me, Joan. Joan is wholly
3: unimpressed. <laughs> Joan Joan thinks it's ridiculous. Uh, using uh, ableist language once again in the show, mm-hmm. but uh, she thinks that the whole idea of being a vampire with a soul who helps the helpless is ridiculous. To which I say, feud, 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 feud. Hmm. Feud. <clears throat> All right. Ready for some fucking quick cuts? Yes. All right. We get more bunnies, 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 bunnies. We get Spike yapping more about Angel. We get Tara and Willow. Again, Tara is- Their faces are so close. Tara is like, I don't remember who I am or what I do, but I would like to kiss you. It's all I can think about. I just want to kiss you. <laughs> Please can I kiss your face? Uh-huh. Back to the magic box. I only bring us back there because- Fucking Rupert suggests that Enya get down off the table and she's like so taken aback into that pit of cotton-top hell, she says. So I can let them
0: hippity-hop
3: all over my vulnerable (laughs) flesh? Uh, We cut to randy and joan fighting the vamps uh joan great mailbox snapping move here i hope that you cover the damages for this poor person's mailbox but it's a great Mm -hmm. move she snaps Mm -hmm. the mailbox post in half uses a stick fucking rupert is sword fighting with a skeleton in the magic box which makes me
0: sad which makes me realize that i am sad that bruce campbell never guessed it on this show who bruce campbell Who's that? Army of Darkness? Zeno, Warrior Princess. Nothing. Uh <laughs> Evil Dead? Nope. Uh
3: <laughs> Briscoe County Jr. Excuse me. The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Wow, it seems like perhaps we'll need to do uh feels like the first time where you teach me about the oh. skeleton man. <laughs> the skeleton man. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, he,
3: well, okay, yeah, that's a whole other pod. Okay, yep, zipping right along. Last in the quick, quick snaps before we land back at a little oh bit my of a longer God. scene in the magic box is Willow giving us a callback uh, saying, I think I'm kind of gay to Dawn. <laughs> so what we heard, of course, Willow say in doppelganger land after she <laughs> had some it close ate. encounters with her vampire Willow self. Getting more gay by the minute, Will. Getting more gay by the minute. Everybody
0: has their own stuff. We're all individuals. But one thing we can say is that in every AU we've seen, Willow has said or thought or acted on the idea of, I think I'm kind of gay. Okay, so Giles and Enya, Rupert and Enya, (laughs) Rupert and Anya are fighting. They're fighting because the bunnies just won't stop coming and Anya won't stop using her intuition. Uh, she says, I feel compelled to take some vengeance on you and smacks him on the head with a very thick book. And yeah. he's like, no wonder I'm leaving you.
2: <laughs> then Anya
0: throws her ring across the room. Yeah. And then she's mad at Giles because the, she thinks the monster's going to eat her ring now. <laughs>
3: The passion between these two, really. Uh, Giles figures out how to fix this shit. He says a bunch of. Sorry, Rupert figures out how to fix this shit. Says a bunch of using Latin. his intuition. Yup, Anya gets her ring. He says, "I'm so sorry, dear." To which she says, "No, Rupee, Rupee." She calls Rupi. him Rupee. Rupee. That's R U P E Y, Rupee. And then they kiss they kiss they kiss they kiss yeah they're making out they're making out
0: meanwhile in the sewers, a vampire who is hunting the scoobies says i smell beer <laughs> it smells good the writers were like the rest of the episode is too good we got to do something <laughs>
3: to cut it like why to did balance it talk? out why did he even need to talk it smells good <laughs> Don is like alex! <laughs> which kills me throws alex yeah. a stake uh you know xander p- pulling some good shit here really bringing the fight really bringing the fight he uh, stakes this vamp willow and tara are on the floor tara's still like i know that vampires are being dusted all around us but i still just want to have <laughs> yeah, sex but, with you but oops willow <laughs> fell on top of tara Oh my god! And then, then Xander stands up, and one of his big clunkety Xander sneakers smashes the crystal, the dark crystal, if you will. Um, I will, Jenny. We've uh had a nice time talking through the really hilarious yeah. part of this uh, episode, and before we turn the corner uh getting ready to say goodbye to you um we're gonna move to a segment (laughs) all right Natalie hello hi before we jump in do you want to tell uh our listeners sort of who you are and what you do and how you're coming to this conversation
4: yeah, absolutely. So, so my name is Natalie. I'm a licensed clinical addictions counselor. I, I work in the Midwest. I have been a, a Buffy fan since it since probably its second to third season. Um, I was drawn in by Seth Green, which is probably <laughs> not everyone's story, but I saw Can't <laughs> Hardly Wait in the theater, really liked the spiky-haired short guy, and, and someone told me he was on Buffy, and then the, here I am now, like however many years later. Um, But yeah, so I've worked um, I've worked with people who have misused drugs and alcohol or have had experienced significant distress because of their use. I've worked with um, I've worked with women. I've worked with teens. I've worked with adults aftercare. um, I've worked in the local um, uh, local prison system and jail system, teaching college courses and doing groups there. So I've got kind of a, a, a. Variety, And then now I work with college students. So I've, I've run the gamut.
3: <laughs> I think what's really important about bringing you into this conversation right now is that we're also coming out of once more with feeling, mm-hmm. which is an episode where obviously we were focused on, you know, singing and music and we had a little bit of conversation, but there's this whole arc of um, Willow Breaking boundaries, mm-hmm. um, doing things without consent that we haven't talked about too much. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I would just love to hear uh, maybe you're framing around what we've seen Willow do here. And if it's portrayed mm-hmm. in a way that you that you feel is like responsible in terms of showing how this could uh, manifest in real life.
4: Yeah. So I think that at the, up to this point, right, we're really looking at stuff that, that feels very true. Um, both I feel like to Willow's character and just to this, this behavior piece, like we're seeing, we, we've always had these moments of Willow who really just didn't handle loss well. Right. Um, and, and maybe feeling out of control and lost and not having this power, you know, even if we think back to when, when she found out about Oz and Baruca, right. Like, In her mind, like she she couldn't go through with the spell. It wasn't that like the spell was a bad idea. It was that she couldn't go through with it, right? Mm -hmm. And this idea behind like, you know, everything from moving that book out for Dawn when she was missing Joyce, right? That that Willow really doesn't does see magic as as a tool to make the world better. But because she struggles so much with loss and grief, her idea of making it better maybe isn't always the healthiest way. And mm. you see that, you know, and I think, well, if we go back to, you know, um, bargaining, right? Is that the first episode? Is it bargaining? Yes. Stuff? You know, you get this sense, and I think you guys talked about, right, that Xander is like having these second thoughts and Willow is very, you know, no, um, Buffy is probably in pain, right? But like, and as you kind of see this as they're at this table in Tabla Raza and, Tara's like, hey guys, maybe we need to stop talking about us. And maybe we need to start talking about making this right. Like it's it was so much about like Willow not wanting Buffy to be gone. Yeah. And none of them really wanting Buffy to be gone, but them not really reckoning with what would it mean if Buffy came back? Do we really want Buffy back or do we not Or do we just not want to be sad about Buffy not being Mm -hmm. here anymore, right? Maybe she's in a hell dimension, felt like a good argument that coded over this other piece of, like, Willow just couldn't accept a world where Buffy was gone. And if there was a way she could change that, she was going to do it, come hell or high Uh, water.
3: Totally. Uh, The excuses that we, like, make for ourselves uh, is such a, you know, or like the narratives that we Mm -hmm. write for ourselves to get to the things that we need uh, in a way that feels responsible
4: what you really kind of see with with willow in particular is a little bit of a love of the power but a lot of just this oh i can make things that make me feel bad i could try to make them get better mm-hmm. but like what we see sometimes when people use something that's a quick fix for an emotional emotional problem right what happens is, is it never really fixes the problem as much as you think it will and so then you have a new problem And then it's like, okay, well, I can fix that. Or I can fix that. And so what I do see with Willow is this like immediate default to magic as this quick fix and a low tolerance and even lower tolerance for uncertainty or even the threat of loss. Um, When when they're all four at that table and she starts to promise Tara, like, I won't use magic. I won't use magic. I won't use magic for a week. And Tara's like, just go a week. And then you see when Tara still can't promise her everything will be fine if you don't lose ma- use magic for a week. You can see it in her eyes. Like whatever earnestness she had about not using magic is like melting away just in that immediate moment that like, wait, this not using magic may, still may not help. And it's just like, she cannot tolerate that uncertainty. Like she's lost her ability to kind of cope with this these emotions and and that's really where i think the the metaphor holds up right because a lot of times when when people use and they're using in a way that maybe isn't healthy for them or isn't helping them it's because a lot of other stuff is going on um a lot of times use is just a coping behavior but it's it's not a one-size-fits-all coping behavior right like a glass of wine after a stressful day that for you while you kick your feet up and you're just relaxing Is a piece to a lot of other coping strategies, right? Like, but using it as the only way to make the feeling go away isn't, you know, we can't outrun our emotions. And so, um,
3: man, you know what? So many of us have tried. I know, right? Like, you know, (laughs) they
4: they follow you.
3: They just (laughs) catch up. Yeah. They always catch up. They do. Can I ask you? To something that I thought and and I'm so glad that you are here because um, and we'll touch a little bit on like something that I said in a previous episode that mm-hmm. several people emailed in about um, because I don't know. I've not yeah. experienced the way that you are in talking about these things and I want to be really careful um, in, in what I say. And, and when I was watching this episode and that scene came up that you just um, mentioned where. Willow says, I'll go a month with no magic. And Tara says, How about just a week? I thought to myself, having little experience in this conversation, this doesn't necessarily seem like a healthy approach either way, like a week, a month. Like it doesn't seem like that should be the conversation, but I would love to hear your your input there. Yeah,
4: so it really isn't, right? And 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 you could tell it isn't because Tara is It's clear that that the issue with Tara is the violation of her literally her body and her mind and her trust, right? I think sometimes, and this is very typical, right? Like it's so easy to focus on the behavior because that's the safe, there's the safe Mm. argument, there's the safe conversation, there's the safe fight, and then there's the really scary underlying fight with all of the real heart-to-heart issues, the violations of trust, the the you know, the fear. And so what I think you see here and, and you see it in the argument over the decorations in the party as well, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not really about the decorations. Like I don't think that if she wasn't concerned about Willow's kind of disregard for like how she uses magic, I don't think she would get mad about the decorations, but it's safe to get mad about the decorations. Cause that's a lot safer than don't you think you're messing with people's lives? We're not thinking these things through, like, when are you going to stop? And then we mm-hmm. see she'd, you know, she moves all the way up to erasing the fight from Tara's memory.
3: Right. Um, Right. Right. And Tara's proximity. And that, that was, you know, that was the comment that I had made. I was sort of trying to work through that in real time.
4: But I mean, it's an honest question, like, because that's what happens, right? Like it's because then it creates this dynamic where it's about the use and it's not about the fears about what the yeah. use is doing to the relationship or this person's ability to cope with the decisions they're making. But then it also creates this really surface level. So like someone could say, I just won't use for a week or mm-hmm. they get to other people be like, it's just decorations. What are you worried? Right? Like it creates. Yeah, you like- can
3: you right? if you're not looking at like the root of it, mm-hmm. it's easy to sort of like argue your way out of it or say, well, yeah. I'll just stop this thing. And and you're right. It's like. Gosh, even if Willow didn't immediately after saying she would go using, you know, go without using magic for a week, use now even bigger magic, even if that didn't happen. um, I think that what's so important about what you're saying is that that wouldn't fix the consent issue that happened here. That like the real conversation is Mm -hmm. that the trust that Willow broke Nice. is massive
4: well and like when you think about willow and tara's relationship like its origin is using magic together it's linking mm. their powers it's being in co- to, so to have that go from a really like joint together venture to one using it on the other like Oof. oh it's just so you know it just upends their entire the t- entire dynamic they've had with each other with magic with relationship with their communication it's just
3: yeah yeah it's devastating and like so much of this season is just uh, like really hinges on lack of information Mm -hmm. and lack of tools it's Mm -hmm. like you know tara tara certainly doesn't know what to do in this situation um Mm -hmm. i mean none of them know what to do about bringing buffy back and the trauma that that has caused
4: that none of them have dealt with any of the trauma that happened before (laughs) that no just trauma 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 it's heavy. I mean, and then I think like when we watched it, right. Like how young we were watching this and how we didn't, we were happy. Buffy was back too. Yeah. And we were probably mad at her too. Like, it, yes. you know, I mean, it,
3: why are you so sad? Yeah. Get over
4: it. <laughs> you know, which, which really makes you like, how much did we project our own emotional? Like I'm looking, I'm looking to you to be our North star about like strength and energy, you know, and power and, you know, identity. and And then she comes back and she's none of those things because she doesn't know who she is anymore.
3: Right. When when in truth it is probably the most important thing that you could see from you know your your hero your mm-hmm. you know like we we have such um a need still. I mean, I am a child of this era, so perhaps that's where I get my need from, but like such a need to see um strength manifested as only one thing, as like yes. standing up, as continuing forward, as like being able to do it, as not breaking down, as not, you know, needing to uh, erase feelings or have mm-hmm. feelings go away. And the ability to look at those moments I think is very important because that's the reality.
4: Yeah. This is a group that's been forged through trauma and which means that like and sometimes you see in groups where there's like emotional intensity around things like rigid behaviors can can um set in and people cannot want things to change in any way shape or form in some ways because those that that group cohesion means so much to them.
3: Yeah. Willow does want it to feel like it used to feel mm-hmm. and it cannot feel like it used no. to feel, which I imagine is is the undercurrent to so much misuse of, you know, substances and d- like just mm-hmm. the things that we do in our in our lives that are often unhealthy and mm-hmm. not productive. I think root in that space of yeah. I just want it to feel like it used to feel. Yeah, and
4: absolutely. Spoiler right. alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can't get it back. Second, you can't. You
3: can't. We don't know how to process loss. Uh I have so many feelings.
4: <laughs> it is so true, right? Like you can't go back to, you know, the season, you know, second, the second to last season of season four and just like hug it out in an elevator shaft, right? Like you can't do it anymore. We have to like, our our lives are changing and we're growing and we're becoming much more complicated people and mm-hmm. um, this desire for things mm-hmm. to be simple, right? Oh. And I think Willow's belief truly that everyone will be happier if they can't remember the bad things, right? Ugh. Like, like that. That that's it's not just like her. It's like she truly believes. I think that. This this is good for everyone. Like, why would she want to remember being in heaven? Right. Like, yeah. she doesn't need to grow from this. We don't need to really help her. We just need to wipe her memory and then it'll be like it was, you know, even in the face then of that conversation with Tara, where Tara's like, it can't be like it was. While both lying to Tara's face, but then also truly deeply thinking that she was doing the right thing for their relationship mm-hmm. is is just that dichotomy of like of that difference between what the person who you're in the relationship with or the person who loves you experiences, which is the betrayal and the lies and what the person who's using and trying to deal with emotions is experienced, which is this desperate fear and terrifying Mm -hmm. realization that things might be spiraling out of control. And I don't know how to handle it. I I think we've seen Willow go from this like high, uh, bringing Buffy back bravado, right? Like feeling this power to this terrified, like scared, you know, and so I wouldn't blame her if she wants to go back to that other place, because I'm sure that place felt safer when she was yelling at, you know, to stand, to stand up, you know, like finger quotes to Giles and the kitchen. And what did that feel like? And, you know, even sweet says like, I smell power, right? Like it's gotta be so conflicting for her because she's Mm. feeling powerful, even as she's feeling lost yeah yeah like and if you have those two emotions who wouldn't be like hey this makes me feel better this makes me feel awful
3: yeah yeah (laughs) and because and that i i would imagine that that is the truth i mean Mm -hmm. that that is the truth obviously it is definitely the truth for willow but that like for so many people who are using substances um You, you are feeling better, right? You are feeling better when you are misusing Mm -hmm. the substance. And when you are not, you are feeling fucking bad. Like, yes, you know, like that's what's that's, that's the heart of, of all of this is that like, it takes, it, it takes being able to, to. Turn away from the thing that might be the only thing that's taking the pain away at that moment,
4: right? You know, and I mean, and this this goes for like any if you're that's that, you know is just can be self-harm or destructive, right? Like anything yeah. that makes us feel better in the moment because the the surrounding moments are so painful, and if you don't have someone helping you get through it, if you do or if you're just not ready to get through it, those moments mm-hmm. are so meaningful because they help you feel better when you're feeling yeah. bad, and I yeah. think that that's that's really important to keep in mind that like willows in a lot of pain um doesn't excuse her behavior right but or doesn't justify it but it's a reason right it gives you a reason it gives you a way to to like i think look at her with empathy and and autonomy and and pull her and tara apart and and see them as two individuals right
3: yeah and it gives you this whole other storyline that we could have if anyone knew to focus in on the fact that willow is in pain yes right like that's the that's the thing is we don't get that story mm-hmm. and i think that that at least like you said, up until this point i think that's that's actually very accurate i think that a lot of times people do not know where to focus or wh- where to put the um yeah. energy but um man if somebody could just talk to willow mm-hmm. about that pain like honestly yeah. and openly i i wonder what what we would see yeah absolutely Uh, spoilers that won't happen no it gets
4: worse (laughs) it just just gets worse so I think the reason Tabula Rasa hits us so hard is because we get to go back in time with our people right like we they they get their minds I know right like we they get their minds rude
3: Natalie what if I just turn off the mic stop making us feel
4: (laughs) you know like they go back in time and like we know who they are so we get to have all the like oh that's Buffy being Buffy again that's and but they don't so they're just their pure selves without the trauma right these people that we've like known and loved and they get to be themselves in some ways while also being funny and it's just like it's Buffy and then it's just like and the crystal smashes and shell fucking branch with that hair (laughs) And she's singing and Willow's crying and Dawn's mad and taking it out on Tara, you know, because that's what happens when you're the person who sees the underlying problem and and has to draw a boundary for yourself. People get mad at you because they don't. It's just everything.
3: Oh, God, Natalie, thank you so <laughs> much um, yeah. for for being here in inside of Tabula Rasa. Do you want people to find you anywhere? Uh, the... If
4: you want to find me on Twitter um, at at Ms mzbitca, um, so that's that's where you can find me. We'll put links to um,
3: to where to find you in uh, the show notes today. Perfect. And uh, Natalie, if you have any resources that you think would be great to share with the listeners after this segment, we can put those in the awesome. in the show notes as well. Uh, and we will be talking more with you um, as we journey through this beautiful season of television. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but until then, thank you, um, for chatting with us
4: today. Thank you so much for having
3: me. Oh my God. Fucking Natalie, right? Incredible, I mean, thank you so much Natalie. oh my god and and as you heard in the segment itself, uh there'll be more of a conversation with Natalie because there's a lot more to talk about here, but wow, just so happy to have found you and to be having this conversation with you and um now that the segment is over, I guess that means that we have to say to you. well, before we do that.
0: <laughs> I let just... me let me give you one more dose of uh, levity to no. inoculate you uh, yes, against the please. dark clouds that are rolling in even as I speak. Please, please. When the crystal gets smashed, Giles and Anya are still making out. Oh my god! They lock eyes in realization, <laughs> and w- the next time we see them, they are maniacally cleaning <laughs> the magic shop at opposite ends of the room. Well, this this no amount of scrubbing needs- is going to free you of that memory, Ooh. y'all. You are
3: going to remember that forever. I mean, you know, he is ruggedly handsome, and she is uh, know, vengeance a vengeance thousand demon. years old. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nothing's keeping these two. I'll tell you what. I would much rather see Anya and Giles <laughs> together than I would see Anya and Xander. So I'm here for it, folks. I am here Will for it. Will they ever tell? Will she ever tell Xander? Oh. Uh... So back in the sewers, um, there's this, yeah, the moment when the crystal breaks, um, is really a shot very well. It's a very heartbreaking moment. It's like this realization on the faces of everyone, um, that something very bad has just happened. And obviously Tara knows very precisely what has happened. And, Willow knows that she didn't even make it, like, a fucking day, um, which Ugh. wasn't the point, as per the segment with Natalie that you just heard, right? Like, it's, that's not even mm-hmm. the point. The point is that um, she deeply, deeply hurt. This person that she loves and is starting to hurt many people that she loves and is making decisions that are harmful to herself and to others. And now with this revelation, um, it's sort of like everyone knows that something else has to happen, that it can't just be like chatting about this issue. Right. Like it like this is serious. It's really serious. And Tara We see her face last as Willow walks out of the sewers and she's crying and it's fucking awful. We get we get one kind of little little (sighs) moment because we get the fucking shark one more time. And he is like, you're an odd duck, Mr. Spike. (laughs) don't worry about your debt (laughs) to which spike is nice enough to be like not nice enough but just like i like that part of spike's self is like this is not about me getting out of the 40 siamese kittens that i owe you i will get you those fucking kittens this is just about like i need a fucking minute man and i told you that at the start Mm -hmm. of the episode Mm -hmm. so spike's like buffy are you okay so the other (laughs) there's a lot of tragedy what's what's
0: What's worse than (laughs) being pulled out of heaven by your friends uh, back to the hellscape of life on Earth once? Oh, what if it was twice, essentially?
3: What if you would have to have that realization all over again? All over again. All over again. This is, I mean... Do you think that Willow ever even realizes that she has now caused this like complete re-traumatization of Buffy? I mean, I know we have to watch oh, the my season f- and find out, but like Unknown. this is fucking horrible. And Buffy is just like reduced to essentially like not speaking. Um, and we cut.
0: She's reeling, she gets up, she runs away, she's gotta get to the bronze because Michelle Branch is playing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
3: to I'm so mad that good? you didn't wait for me to sing with you. There's
0: there's no time like the present.
3: <clears throat> Goodbye, Goodbye
2: to, to you. you. Goodbye. This to
0: you. is what. The- <gasps> 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 cool. This is what this is what the people want, right? Yeah. Us scream singing Michelle. But I will say. Sometimes I listen back to my earliest recordings, and I'm like, "Why do I pronounce my words like that? You can't. That is wrong. That is I'm right. clearly one. You know, oh. on, lost in some syllable sauce, some vowel sauce. Seeing Michelle Branch uh, warp these syllables of all these words
3: to her will <laughs> was. Uh, validating that's all yeah um the idea of buffy being like so fucked up and traumatized but being like fuck i got these michelle branch tickets <laughs> gotta go <laughs> i gotta i gotta go i gotta go uh so buffy she's is like the- you're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first note in the in the bronze is the michelle branch of it all um the is, michelle branch of it all right that's where we are yeah um, Buffy is what a montage. The bar. She's real sad. Tara's packing um, her cardboard boxes uh, with all of her things, all sad. of her belongings. Who gets to keep the crystal dildo? The question that every queer breakup asks. Ooh. I think that was Tara's to begin with. That's true. It was. So yeah, uh, uh, we get a sad bathroom willow. Oh, really sad bathroom willow. Yeah. She's on the bathroom floor. Dawn is huffy. To Tara, yeah, to you know, like everybody else in the show, not given the tools to understand, like, really, probably what's even happening clearly. Um, and even if she did have an understanding of that, probably not the tools to understand <laughs> that Tara is attempting to draw boundaries and her intentionality, uh, is to help Willow, not hurt Willow. And, um, wow. Willow on the bathroom floor, Michelle Branch playing at the bronze, Buffy basically rendered speechless once more. What could be worse? Oh, cut to the fucking airplane where Giles no. is- What the fuck, dude? You just got him no. up? You- woo. Like
0: Somebody, that night,
3: he's <laughs> like, I gotta go to the airport. I gotta go, guys. Somebody make he me was a He
0: was cleaning the magic box and so was Anya and he was just like, he had a moment of realization. He was like, this is not going to do it. I just got to get the fuck out of town.
3: <laughs> Can somebody please make me a, a supercut where Michelle Branch is actually singing in all of the places, though? Like she's singing at the bronze, but then she's also in the bathroom with Willow. And then she's like in the fucking airplane bathroom as well. Just like goodbye to you. Why does she have to be in the airplane bathroom? I don't know. I just felt like it was, you know, that seat wasn't taken. Um Okay. Anyway, uh, we cut to- Willow. Poor Giles in a middle seat, by the way. Yeah. That's what he fucking deserves, man. Well. You were the one I loved. The one I, one thing I tried to hold on to. Uh, I want you, but I'm not giving in this time, says Michelle Branch. Uh, echoing the thoughts of Tara, who is um, not giving in this time uh, correctly. The thoughts of Giles, who is not giving in this time incorrectly, and the thoughts of not Buffy, who is fully giving in, uh, Oh, yeah! This time! Making out at the bronze! I'll tell you what, uh... I would make out with Spike to a live concert of Michelle Branch in 2001 and I would enjoy it. Uh, So congrats. Buffy. You know what? Fucking this is how I feel. Right. I mean, whatever. This is how I feel today at the end of Tabula Rasa. Um, Buffy is fucked up and no one is helping her figure out her fucking trauma. And she needs help Buffy. She needs to she needs to feel something that is going to be able to, like, take away some of the chaos that she's living through and, like, numbness that she's living through. And she said mm-hmm. it to us. She's been clear about it. And since no one is helping this fucking girl, I say make out with Spike on that pole. You make out with Spike on well, that pole, Buffy. Yeah. You fucking do it. You do it. Because you fucking deserve to feel something. And no one's helping you. If I was there, I would help you. And not by making out with you, I would help you holistically. But also then we could make out too. I don't know. I'm not saying Okay.
0: All right. All anyway. right.
3: My last note speaking in, of in, my last uh, note yeah. is just making out so I'm riffing on it now.
0: Oh, so speaking of making out, <laughs> oh, yeah. Award. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, we are back in the pilot's seat. Back <laughs> in our beautiful where we are always trying to get to. We're clawing our way here every episode. <laughs> we got some slots. We got some noms. It's true. This is how they fall today. It's true. In the first slot for your consideration, he is a daddy shopkeeper. She has got a big old ring on her finger. It's <laughs> Rupee and Anya. <laughs> in the second slot well the British invasion anyone that's (laughs) what I'm talking about matching tweed matching rugged handsomeness it's Randy and Rupert why not in the third slot your noms and ours well there they are a classic a perennial favorite it's Buffy and Spike (laughs) the fourth set of noms for the final fourth slot Well, it's your favorite host of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, Jenny Owen Youngs, (laughs) and a short,
3: thick TV guide. (laughs) What do you think about that? Oh, uh, great. 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 Jenny. I'm so excited to vote in the uh, slot <laughs> party. And I just want everybody to know that the sexual attention award segments are not scripted. And I say that because it like it just I think probably people think you have planned out what you're saying. And Jenny never is. She just comes up with it like live in the space, which I feel Whoa. deserves a little recognition. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much. I'm touched. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Touched by your short, thick TV guide. Gotta go.
0: I just get filled up with the STA spirit, you know? So join us. Cast your vote. Make your voice heard in our beautiful sexual tension democracy by uh, voting in the Twitter poll at Buffering Cast. It'll be up for a week.
2: it's the end
0: it's baby. the end of the that episode kind of lines up <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> we're here at the end of the episode
3: <laughs> we are in fact indeed have we said everything we need to say about this ep? yeah i mean so. i think you know a lot of people talk about the one-two punch of it all um Perhaps we'll even find that there are a couple more punches uh, to be... The sad and the funny, you mean? Those Whether- punches? No, no. The, I mean, the punch of once more with feeling followed by the punch of... Oh. ...tabula yeah. rasa. It's it's sort of like, you know, it's just a lot. And um, we've, oh, been talking, yeah. we've been talking since the start of season six about how, like, there's a fucking lot. This is a really heavy season, and you know, the writers thankfully do give us, I mean, this episode is a classic example of like just sheer joy uh, and delight in getting to enjoy these characters. I mean, I think we might have even mentioned it in the segment with Natalie, but like this enjoyment of the characters that we once knew, it's what they want. And um, we feel a relief in it. You know, I mean, I think that this is one of the best episodes of the series, but I also started to question like what, it is, but also it's part of the reason I enjoy this episode so much because I also, like, yearn for before all of this trauma happened and, and we were here in this place, and I, I think there's a truth to that.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely, 100%. Like, it's uh, after the devastation, they give you exactly what you want, which is a window into the simpler times into yeah. the past.
3: Yeah. Uh, but nope, reality comes crashing back in. Yeah. It's almost like an immersive experience. You know, it's like what we've been talking about how like Willow's want is to just fix the problem by making it go away. But that makes the problem mm-hmm. worse. Um, and oh, yeah. we just got to live that by being like, ha, 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 oh, ha, ha, ha. and then just being like kicked in the fucking stomach, um, yeah. you know, which probably wouldn't have hurt quite as bad if we weren't laughing so much and enjoying ourselves in the middle of the episode. <laughs> um it's true that metaphor might fall apart under pressure but yeah I mean I think my point is just that um there's a lot and that's why I'm glad that we have people like Natalie um and we've already had other segments and we're gonna have some bigger episodes this season and we're still gonna enjoy chomping on our Buffy the Vampire Slayer sorry I've been listening to a lot of Angel on Top and they say chomping all the time and I'm so jealous and oh, so yeah. I just want to start chomping it. slurping Chom- just chomping yeah just took a little chomp Every time Latoya says that, like, Darla took a little chomp out of somebody, I just, I'm so happy. I'm just so thrilled by it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we are going to keep enjoying all that <clears throat> is Buffy. And, uh, you know, we're going to also keep sliding down this fucking hill that is season six. So Oh, yeah. Just get in the boat with us. If we're all together as we slide down the hill, at least we'll be together. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so luckily, we remember who we are, at least for now. We better tell them now before we... Uh, run the risk of forgetting, Jenny. I am the co-captain of your log flume adventure
0: through this sad season, Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not making this podcast, I am writing and recording lots of music. You can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can give me a shout on Twitter, at Jenny Owen Youngs. You keep up to date on new releases and stuff there. And I'll tell you what, I'm in a band. I'm in a new band. We just released our first song. Last week, we're called LAXs, and our first song, our first single is called Temporary Goodbye. You can find it wherever you stream music. Go give it a listen, please. It's fun. Uh, it's a bop. It's kind of like this episode, actually. It's all about <laughs> just finding a little escape hatch when life gets too ragged, too rough. You just want like a nice little moment on a mental beach somewhere. Oh. Ah, Simpler times to soothe
3: the soul. Um, I can't wait to buy my tickets uh, to see LAX's play at the Bronze Jenny. Yes! <laughs> it's been a long-standing dream of mine personally. Um, <laughs> uh, as your other co-captain on this apparent log flume, um so a log flume you can't really sit next to somebody. So are you sitting in the front seat or like where like where where will you be when the log uh, plunges? We're in the we're both in the front. Oh, it's a two-seater. It's a, it's a two-seater. It's, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Cannot wait. Arms up. To get the photo of all of us in the log flume on our way down. <laughs> That's going to be one long log. If you are a child of the 90s like Jenny and I are, you have a log flume picture somewhere in your possession. Somewhere. Because I know I do. Anyhow, uh, my name is Kristen Russo. You can learn about the work that I do outside of this podcast on my website, KristenNolene.com. Dot com. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can use that spelling to find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I do work with the LGBTQ community. I do speaking events. So many more now because we are so digital uh, that if you if you'd like to, you know, have me speak at your workplace um, or your school, you can find out how to contact me uh, using that website. Also, I do a podcast with Joanne Robinson on Patreon. We are just wrapping up. Feels like a thirst time we watched Magic Mike, <laughs> XXL, Coyote Ugly, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We got thirsty in February. Wow. Um, that's on our Patreon at Buffering. And speaking of buffering, maybe you could tell them where they can find us.
0: Indeed, Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast, Or you could drop us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Furthermore... Take it to the next level and leave us a voicemail at 216-30-B-U-F-F-Y.
3: Hey, if you would like to support the work that we're doing here, uh, many of you already do. Thank you. You can go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon and you can join our family. Over in Patreon, we have a secret Facebook group. We've got a Slack. We've got book clubs. We've got concerts. We've got chord sheets. We've got work tapes. And most notably, uh, now we have a lot of behind-the-scenes content from the making of Once More with Once More with Feeling. So will oh, yeah. find that there. Uh, also, we've got some really rad new shit in the store. Um, a lot of big fucking nerd paraphernalia uh we got hats and pins and shirts and tanks and just you know if you're a nerd and you'd like to let the world know well now there's one we got more you way. covered yeah yeah pocket mm-hmm. protect big fucking nerd shirts are the new pocket protectors like i always say oh yeah and uh wow is that everything that's everything
0: <gasps> forget how to make a regular podcast <gasps> <sighs> till next time
3: I- I- woo.
2: La la look at me go Who am I? I don't really know But I got fists that are made out of stone Oh, oh, oh Don't mess with Joan Woo hoo hoo You know that thing Where you wake up in an empty store With a bunch of strangers don't know your name, but in no time you're affronted with a boatload of danger. Dudes drop by looking to bike, demanding we send out spikes. La 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 la, look at me go. Who am I? I don't really Skills that should come in handy. I'm 10 by 10. Guess this whole world saving thing is left up to me and Randy. And y'all will protect the cash. Um, Umad's a pain in my. Don't mess with Joe. 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 Playing hero sure is fun, but I bet when. Come back to me I'll feel better
1: Attention fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim The award-winning Pinna Original Podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest has new episodes out now While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children. And in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story... But you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest. So there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so
2: you don't miss new episodes.